0: Today, for our gospel reading, we will continue in our, in our walk through the gospel of St. Matthew. We've been doing that all summer, and today we are in chapter 20 of St. Matthew's um, gospel. Here, Jesus tells us a story, tells us a parable, and if you've done any study of parables, you know that uh, at the heart of the parable is, is a rub, something that just doesn't feel right, something that just makes you think, ugh. I wish he would not have said that. As we read today's parable, this gospel reading, I'd invite you to find that place in this parable that just might not feel right to you. Hear this story. Jesus said, "'The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, "'You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right.' So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same, and about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, "'Why are you standing here idle all day?' They said to him, "'Because no one has hired us.' So he said to them, "'Well, you also go into the vineyard.'" These last, they worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, "'Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose? with what belongs to me, or are you envious because I am generous? Jesus then concludes his parable by saying, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. Now I want you to be honest. How many of you, be honest? How many of you responded to this parable that was just read by thinking, that's not fair? I mean, really, a group of laborers work all day, and they get paid an agreed-upon wage just something that they had worked out at the beginning of the day. Other guys, though, work for only an hour, and they get the exact same wage. How would you respond? Let's say it together. That's not fair, of course. I take a little memory trip back to your childhood. Think of three words kids say more than any other. I don't know. In Laura's family, I'm sure it's, I love you, or can I help? Is that right? I mean, things like that, sure. But for the rest of us, it's probably words like, that's not Fair. Remember? It's not fair that I have to do homework before watching TV. It's not fair that she got an A and I didn't. It's not fair that everybody else on the team got brand new soccer shoes except for me. It's not fair. Been there? Well, of course. Because if there's one thing that we're all born with, it's this innate sense of fairness. It'll drive you crazy when you're a parent. But we'd be crazy if we think it's only the kids who worry about it and fight over it. I mean, the word pops up all the time when families deal, wrestle with things like inheritances, for example, or when we bury loved ones who died much too soon, when jobs are lost, or when someone is promoted in a way that just didn't seem right. We might not say it out loud, but deep inside we're thinking, that's just not fair, Of course, fairness is not necessarily a bad concept, please don't get me wrong. After all, fairness is rooted in our understanding of justice and equality. Uh, When, as a society, we, we are able to say things like, it's not fair that some can vote and others cannot, or that it's not fair that some ride in the front of the bus while others must ride in the back of the bus, or it's not fair that some are paid more for the same work, or that some go to bed hungry while others throw away more than they eat. No doubt, fairness can be used for the common good, and that's good, but not always. I mean, after all, is life only evaluated based on our understanding of fairness? Are our relationships with one another only rooted uh, in in this human understanding of what is fair? Of course not. Which brings us to Jesus' parable today, right, about workers in a vineyard. Now, I'd like to dive into this parable a little bit, but it's very important to know that this story is about day laborers. That's a concept that many folks maybe don't, don't um, fully understand. It was very common in first century Palestine, maybe not as common in some parts of society, but certainly is still nevertheless a, a common part of, of life, but, but still a little bit different. Here's, here's the deal. These are folks who did not have regular employment, and since there were first-century Palestine again, since there, was no, uh, there were no social service programs established by a, a government entity, there's no unemployment insurance, folks had no choice but to work, because if you didn't work, you didn't eat. And, and if you were the, the uh, one that folks depended on in your family, if you didn't work, if you didn't eat, they didn't eat either. Right? So, if you were unemployed, here's the deal, here's what would happen. It was an agreed-upon sort of practice in those days. You would stand in the town square hoping that some landowner or manager or someone, some employer who needed extra work uh, or workers to do some extra work, and, and that they would come and they would hire you, but just for the day. The trouble is there were, there were always more laborers than there was labor. So if you're lucky, you'd be the one who was chosen you could choose uh, you would be chosen to work a 12-hour day and when you're done you receive a day's wage and that would provide enough food for you and your family for the next day but if you were unlucky and of course there were always some who were unlucky which means you had to go home empty-handed to face the disappointed looks of those who depend on you but what's interesting about this parable if you noticed is that everybody gets lucky, right? I mean, some are chosen early, some at noon, others at mid-afternoon, some at five o'clock, an hour before the close of day, And I can only imagine that they had to have been stunned, right, Uh, when they found out that they were going to get a full day's wage for just one hour uh, of work. Now, keep in mind, this is important. It's not because they didn't want to work. Of course they wanted to work. After all, they had been there just as long as all of the others. They were ready. They were willing. They were eager. Whenever they would have been chosen, they would have started their work, but they had been passed over. We don't know why. There's no explanation for why they were passed over. They just were over over and over again, time and time again, until right near the end, finally they were chosen. And I suspect that they were delighted, more than delighted, to discover they would be able to provide, at least for another day, they could provide for their families food for the table. But here's the rub, and you know this is true. As happy as they were, the others were crying, that's not fair. Now, if I'm honest, I can hardly blame them. After all, and this is a human emotion, this is sort of my human coming out. If the folks who worked just one hour got a full day's wage, wouldn't it be only fair to give the folks who worked 12 long hours a little bit more? or maybe a whole lot more, I mean, I know, I know, they receive a full day's wage, and that's what they had negotiated with the landowner at the beginning of the day. So, I mean, there is that, but there's just something about it that doesn't seem right, that just doesn't seem fair. But then Jesus reminds us that the problem in the parable isn't that the landowner is unfair, the problem is that He's downright generous, which begs the question that we just have to ask ourselves, why are we so upset at His generosity? Rather than feeling fortunate to have found work for the day, they feel unfortunate for at not having received more. Rather than rejoicing that that these other workers can now return home blessed, and to be able to feed their families, they can only begrudge them, maybe even curse their good fortune. Or rather than be grateful to the landowner who has given them an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, they can only grumble with resentment, I deserved more than this. There's so much that this parable teaches us, Um, but today I want to focus in just there, just on that one thing, just one, because it seems to me that this parable lays before each and every one of us a choice as clear as can be, and quite honestly, it's a choice that we are really struggling with these days as a society, as a a culture, as a community. When we look at our lives… Do we count our blessings or our misfortunes? Do we pay attention to the areas of plenty in our lives or the perceived areas of lack? Do we live by gratitude or do we live by envy? Do we look to others in solidarity and compassion or do we see them as competition? The killer thing about this choice is that it really is a choice as unavoidable as it is simple. But the thing is this, you, you just can't be grateful and envious at the same time. So which is it going to be? Once there were two brothers who inherited their father's land. The two brothers divided the land in half, and each one farmed his own section of land. Over time, the older brother married and had six children, while the younger brother never married. Well, One night, the younger brother lay awake. He couldn't go to sleep for whatever reason, and he kept thinking over and over again, it's just not fair. It's not fair that each of us has half the land to farm, and he continued to think My brother, he has six children to feed, and I have none. He should have more grain than I do. So, that very night, the younger brother went to his silo. He gathered a large bundle of of weed, and he climbed the hill that separated the two farms over to his brother's farm, leaving the weed in his brother's silo. The younger brother returned home, feeling rather pleased with himself. But earlier on that very same night, the older brother, likewise, was lying awake in his bed, unable to fall asleep, continuing to think over and over again, it's just not fair. It's not fair that each of us has half the land to farm, he thought. In my old age, my wife and I will have grown children to take care of, uh, to, to take care of us, and, and even grandchildren perhaps. While my brother will probably have none, he should at least sell more grain from the fields now so, so he can provide for himself with dignity in his old age. So, that night too. He secretly, unknown to anyone else, especially his brother, secretly gathered a large bundle of wheat, climbed the hill, left it in his brother's silo and returned home, feeling rather pleased with himself. The next morning, the younger brother was surprised to see the amount of grain in his barn. It, well, it was unchanged. That's bizarre. I must not have taken as much as I thought, he, he said. Well, tonight, I'll be sure to take some more. And that very same moment, his older brother was standing in his barn, and he was thinking the exact same thing. So, after nightfall, you know what happened. Each brother gathered a greater amount of wheat from his barn and in the dark secretly delivered it to his brother's barn. The next morning, the brothers were, well, again surprised, again puzzled, perplexed. How can this be? How can I be mistaken? Each one scratched his head. There's the same amount of grain right now uh, here as there was before, even though I cleared enough for my brother. This is impossible. One more time. Tonight, I'll make no mistake about it. I'll take the pile down to the very floor. That way, I'll be sure the grain gets delivered to my brother in the third night. Here we go again, right? more determined than ever, each brother gathered a large pile of wheat, as much as he could ca- carry from his barn, loaded into a cart and slowly pulled his haul through the fields and up the hill to his brother's barn. But at the top of the hill, under the shadow of a moon, each brother noticed a figure in the distance. It's the middle of the night. Who, who might this be? Until the two brothers recognized the form as the other brother And that the load that he was pulling behind was a load from his own barn. Then they realized what had happened. And without a word, they dropped the ropes to their carts and embraced. When I find that my heart is filled with grumbling and envy… Maybe, just maybe. That's a sign that as it turns out, maybe I need to work more hours in the vineyard (laughs) alongside Jesus, the master gardener, who as it turns out needs to break through the hardness of my heart and introduce me to a new way of living. This Jesus who, as it turns out, is never fair because He gives us far more than we could ever imagine or deserve. Thanks be to God. Amen.